2: David, football, football, David.
0: The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com.
2: Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi, and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Very good on the banks of the Three Rivers. Welcome to the Dave Damoshek football program. Available, as always, on Stitcher, iTunes, and NFL.com slash S-H-E-K, Shek,
3: Shek, S-H-E-K,
2: Yeah, week six, just about in the books. We're coming at you about an hour in front of kickoff in St. Louis. Rams and Niners about to get it on, but we have enough to talk about from week six, that we will jump right into it here and now. And we will be kibitzing with one of our favorites here from the DDFP, Bucky Brooks of the College Football 24 7 podcast. He is a great uh, scout here. He's a former scout for several teams in the NFL and, of course, a former NFL player. Give him a follow at Bucky Brooks. And uh, we have some important things to talk with him about. One guy I want to talk about, black tie behind the glass, is Cam Newton. And the lack of regard, I feel like, he's been getting ever since that early season. He had a had a puss on, I guess, up at a couple of press conferences, wore a towel on his head. And uh, someone. it seems as though no one wants to give him any credit for the uh, wonders he's working in what is an uh, otherwise pretty untalented offense there. But uh, we're burying the lead, like I say. Pittsburgh, PA, the frown is a frown. And wait, the frown's been turned upside down on the Ohio side of the Ohio-Pennsylvania border, and the smile has been turned into a frown. For Steeler fans, not good stuff. I want to talk about that. Also, how about this stat? We have uh, on our second podcast each week, which you can, like I say, download at NFL.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. We bring in Drew Christensen from the NFL Media Stats Department, and he... Uh, He makes our jaws drop with some of the numbers that he and his pals dig up, one of whom, Bill Smith, another guy who's visited us here on the show, has uh, sent this one out today. DeMarco Murray has more rushing yards on first down, nearly 600 so far in the season, than any other player in the NFL has total rushing yards. Lev Bell of the Steelers at 542. He's blowing away the competition, is DeMarco Murray, and so too are those Dallas Cowboys I cannot recall a team that is, you know, every year we see a team come out of nowhere. But can you recall Black Tie? I know the Cowboys are in the mix, at least, for the most popular team in the NFL. And I guess I would say the Cowboys are it, but I would still make a fight for the Steelers just based on the way their fans turn out, no matter what stadium they're in and Cowboys fans don't even turn out in their own stadium these days, although I expect that that will change if this role can continue going here. But can you remember – Cowboys if, fans? Bandwagon? Well, yeah, That's exactly. Not. But where Black Tie – Can you think of a team that came out of nowhere more than the – nobody had the Cowboys doing anything, right? I mean, 8-8 no. eight and eight was going to be a good year for them. Panthers kind of came out of nowhere last year. But do you – what's, what's, a, what's a comparable – I mean the Patriots back in what was that 2001 when Brady's first year and they went on to win the Super Bowl. They yeah. went 11 and 5 that year and made the playoffs. I guess they won the division even, but still I mean what was- I mean the
3: Chiefs last year got up to an early start. That was I mean, I yeah, they had Andy Reid. Yeah, but did you feel Reed, that but- with
2: Andy Reid? There was some call that this was going to be good. and They had pieces. They sent all those guys, I think six guys to the Pro Bowl the year prior. And Romeo Cornell was out of his depth as the head coach, but Andy Reid was going to write the ship. I don't think that was that big a surprise. This feels like I know I said two and fourteen for the Cowboys, and that's a gigantic swing and a miss for me. But um, anyhow, yeah, I mean, I just uh, it, it's uh, it only
3: happens in the NFL though, right? Because no, really, no, the league has NBA the definitely teams. doesn't have no, anything you like You can't you can have none of this in the NBA for sure, and it, it, obviously I'm a soccer fan definitely not an EPL because that's always the top four or five teams. Baseball
2: but. will sometimes have a team kind of rise up yep. out of nowhere, but it does, It certainly doesn't feel like you don't get these jaw droppers like you do annually in the NFL. And as I say, I think the Cowboys are about as stunning uh, an example of this as we've seen. You know, I look, I thought they could run the ball. I hailed a couple of weeks ago on the Sheck Report available Tuesday evening for you, for those still asking whether or not we're still doing it. I don't know why it's gotten lost. The Sheck Report, Shame Report, whatever you want to call it, on NFL.com on Tuesday night. Be on the lookout for that. But I hail Jerry Jones. He's the one who drafted. All right, fine. He maybe wanted Johnny football. Um, in in, uh, New York City over the spring. But whoever did it, you know, Jerry Jones is the guy pulling the trigger at the end of the day. He's drafted that massive offensive line that dominated the Seahawks. Who could possibly have expected that to happen? Not me, but that was one of the few blips I had this weekend, Black Tie. As a Steelers fan... I'm upset about what I saw. I picked the Browns to beat the Steelers. I didn't think they would whip them the way they did. But that's only three losses on the week. And I also told you what did I pick, Black Tie? When we sat here on Thursday and we did our our uh, picks with Elliot Harrison and Handsome Hank, I said the Miami Dolphins twenty three, the Green Bay Packers twenty. I said twenty one twenty, the Dolphins would win. It was twenty three twenty with uh, with three seconds left on the clock, and Aaron Rodgers did what he does, and I don't know why I would ever have doubted him again. But uh, anyhow, so – oh, you know, that reminds me. I met a couple of good fellas in a bar in, um, in L.A. Did I already tell you this? A great new nickname for, for Richard Sherman they shared. Go ahead. All right. The new nickname is the Shermuda Triangle for Richard Sherman. These guys – Bartenders at, uh, at a place at the Grove here in Los Angeles. They are big Seahawks guys. They said forget about Revis Island, the Shermuda Triangle. I tweeted it without response to Richard Sherman, but Aaron Rodgers remains the one that we have to fix. I'm addressing that on the Sheck report this week. We gotta nickname? get his name. He's the best he's the best player in the NFL and he has the worst nickname. Well, his name is A Rod. Why would you uh, take the name of the creepy Yankee guy? Well, we've had a
3: DDFP listener, and I cannot pull up his name right now. I'm trying to behind the glass. But he's been oh, he's been saying King of the North.
2: Yeah, I like King of the North. Because, yeah. you
3: know, Aaron Rodgers is a big Game of Thrones fan, and, you know, so King of the North. I think that works. I think it's a great nickname for yeah, him. Yeah, we got to get that. It's a to bit to long. But.
2: Let's talk about this, though, real quick before Bucky walks in the door here the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Cleveland Browns. Now, yes, I thought the Browns were going to win. One thing it is not, I say the Cowboys are a surprise. You can be sad if you're a Steelers fan, but one thing you cannot be is surprised based on the performance we've seen in recent weeks. Since that Carolina game, they lose to Tampa. They barely sneak past the winless Jags, and now this happens. I think it's time to come to grips with the reality of this. You know, They say admitting you have a problem is the first step. Well, Steelers fans... There's a problem, and you can say it's the players not performing to their level, but when players consistently, especially this far into the season, six weeks, when players do not perform to the level that you've come to expect over over their individual body of work, then that's on the coaches, and the Steelers are not inclined philosophically to kick head coaches to the curb, personnel guys, assistant coaches, and so on, but I think it's time here in 2014, to give this some legitimate evaluation, you know, Tim Tebow beats them in the playoffs in 2012, 8-8, eight eight, then 8-8, eight and eight, and now here they are at 3-3, three and, three, and I think getting smoked in Cleveland by the Browns, who this the Steelers team has kicked around for not just the Roethlisberger era, but for the Super Bowl era, that's rock bottom, that means it's time to give this some legitimate thought. It's not on Roethlisberger in my book. It's not a, the, the defensive pieces aren't there. Why this offense is only able to squeak out three points in the first half last uh, this this week, seven points in the second half against the Bucks. It's unacceptable. Ten total points against the Jacksonville Jaguars and that abysmal defense, inexplicable. But I do want to tip my hat, black tie. To Mike Pettin, who we talked about in the spring and summer. As soon as you saw him, when all the world was going crazy over the Johnny Football melodrama. What's gonna be? They've blown it again. The Browns, the world is the br the world is against Cleveland Sports and so on. LeBron James comes back. They draft Johnny Football, but the most impressive feat of all is that Mike Pettin has rendered Johnny Football moot. Nobody talk that's the greatest. Thing he's done as a head coach just about no one talks about this guy i mean can you imagine oh, the whole offseason foot johnny football johnny football when's he gonna take oh this is silly i said well how, why would brian hoyer start over johnny football the world said that and yet he's johnny football is just a guy holding a clipboard on the sideline and this team is rolling and josh gordon comes back in five games imagine oh. that defense that running game taking care of the ball only two turnovers this year and Josh Gordon five games away. Beware, Ravens and Bengals. This division does not exclude the Browns from the from the hunt to get the top spot this year.
3: Are we in a situation where we might not see Johnny football for another two, three seasons? Is that possible? Because you know the NFL, they, they don't really trade all that much, right? And trades whenever they do trade never, rarely ever make sense. That's another weird thing about the NFL. But seriously, like if Brian Hoyer plays well, I, he's definitely starting for the rest of the season barring injury, I think, anyway. So at least a year, maybe two, before we see Johnny Football?
2: It's a great question because now that you're at three and two, I think the further away you pull away from 500, the further above that you can get. You can't justify – well, they – you know, if you're the Giants on Sunday night, there's – you know, that that's one bad loss that they take to the Eagles, but they've been playing well. So the more good performances you string together, the more – the bad game seems like an aberration. So the Browns can go out and get smoked once, and nobody's going to say, pull the pu- pu- pull Hoy or get the kid in there. So, yeah, it's an interesting point that you might see Johnny Football. Who would have thought that he would be the only high-profile QB just drafted to maybe not get to play any snaps this year? I thought, well, he'll certainly be in there by October like all these other guys. I was right about Blake Bortles and Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr, but um johnny football like i say merely a clipboard holder right now but i also mentioned black tie that you know we really need to evaluate mike tomlin and todd haley the offensive coordinator of the steelers by the way the arizona cardinals rule the nfc west the two bullies of that division nay the entire nfl the last couple of years and the cardinals are looking down on the niners and the Seahawks now in the standings Bruce Arians was retired he didn't retire Mike Tomlin announced Bruce Arians retirement early in 2012 since then the Steelers bring in Todd Haley and like I say 8 and 8 and 8 and 8 and 3 and 3 and a, and an offense that is way too tepid for the pieces that it has and Bruce Arians takes the Colts really we takes over for Chuck Pagano when he during his illness gets that team and a rookie QB to the playoffs then just about gets the Cardinals there last year with double digit wins and now he's in first place that you talk about a flash point that's a flash point letting Bruce Arians walk away bringing in Todd Haley but good for Bruce Arians but with this coaching situation now let's play this game the Jets are spiraling downward and I don't think they can be saved here let's play the coaching carousel here, Black Tie, Rex Ryan. Where is he going to be next year at this time? I cracked wise on Twitter saying that uh, the L.A. Rams, he'll be coaching the L.A. Rams at this time next year, but I don't think that's actually that far-fetched a notion.
3: Here's my thought. So what's the the one team this season that we know has been looking for toughness?
2: Oh, I like where your head's at. If you watch
3: hard knocks. Yep. The, the Falcons are talking Mike about toughness. Smith. Yep, they need defense. They have a quarterback there. Granted, that O line hasn't been great. They had some injuries, so that's why the offense hasn't been, you know, been flying. Mm-hmm. But bring in Rex Ryan, shore up that defense, get the toughness that they need. Still a high enough profile city. I'm with Rex Ryan on, on
2: the Falcons. That is, uh, that's not half bad. There, black tie. What about if you could do a straight up swap? We don't see coaching trades. I know my guy, uh, the John Gruden. Uh, they traded for him down in Tampa, but that wasn't a coach for a coach. What about Rex Ryan for Jim Harbaugh right now? Oof. How about that trade? That's a good trade. Coach trade. I think that's a great trade. Wouldn't that be that great? a great trade. Why wouldn't guess, both want that?
3: Because, yeah, Harbaugh, is where he's known for his quarterback development, right? You know, Alex Smith, he got him to play well. He got Kaepernick to be what he is right now. Maybe yep. he can work wonders for Geno Smith. Rex Ryan, on the other hand, what is the one thing about Rex Ryan? Player's coach. It seems as though the Niners locker room is not with Harbor anymore. Being a guy like Rex Ryan and who everyone loves, match made in heaven, man.
2: I like that. But then I do wonder legitimately, Mike Tomlin, I don't – you know, the Steelers aren't inclined to to get rid of these guys. It's uh, one of the most well-worn stats around, but – 45 coaches – I mean, in 45 years, three head coaches now. Tomlin's been there. He's one of the more tenured head coaches, which is crazy to think that that's the culture in the NFL, that Mike Tomlin, who seems like he got there about uh, 18 months ago, has been around as long as he has. But, I mean, this thing is – this isn't isn't a short little run that the team hasn't been terribly impressive. This is now going on, you know, year four – of mediocrity and and you know the fan base for as much as the Roonies might listen to that I I don't think they really do but they do have to look at uh, the results on the field you can only excuse it as a personnel issue and by the way the guy who's primarily responsible for doing the drafting there in Pittsburgh Kevin Colbert also should be on the hot seat Given uh, some of the choices he's made, you know, there there are a number of bust picks there. The defense, like I say, they're trying to turn it over, make it younger. There's some injuries there. The defense is going to be crummy. What is not acceptable is the lack of uh, offensive production. Given that they have Roethlisberger, Bell, Brown, and so on. So, anyway, um, all right, bring him in here, Black Tie. Let's uh, Black, uh, Bucky's sit, standing there. I want to talk some NFC stuff and specifically the playoff race. Come on in here, Buck you listen today, damn Get cozy. There he is, everybody, at Bucky Brooks. You know him also on the College Football 24-7 podcast and his great work on NFL.com. Bucky Brooks, let's get right into it here. An important question. Now six weeks through, there are a lot of teams kind of closely packed together in the NFC, and outside of Dallas and Philly, Well, listen, one of those two teams could even miss the playoffs. Only six of these supposed contenders can get into the postseason, as you know. Let me give them to you. I say Dallas and Philly, Seattle, San Francisco, and Arizona in the west, Detroit, Chicago, and Green Bay up north, and Carolina and New Orleans. Of those teams that I just listed, four cannot make the postseason. Who are they going to be, Buck?
4: This is tough, Shaq. Yes. This yes. is not an easy exercise. No, this is an
2: expert-level question. This, that's why this I brought you easy. in, Buck. So
4: I'm going to go with the easy ones to discard first. Easy one to discard, Chicago. Don't play, I don't
2: know if that's so easy, but all right.
4: They don't play well enough on defense to, okay. to to get in. Next, I will go with the Carolina Panthers, even though Ooh. I like Cam Newton and what they're doing. I just don't know if they have enough firepower when it comes to the end to get back on track. But let me, say, let me interrupt
2: you right there with Cam. You know, because he put a towel over his head a couple of years ago (laughs) after a couple of losses, it seems like the stink that resides to this day because of that is too much. I mean, Cam Newton, like you say, still no firepower outside of cam newton and kelvin benjamin's a nice rookie but why i mean cam newton has kept this team in the mix big comeback against chicago uh, it's, a, it's, a,
4: it's, a, it's an unbelievable standard that cam newton is held to that some other quarterbacks aren't held to the same standard but yeah he has not been surrounded by a lot of players and i hear the comparison between cam newton and andrew luck because they were back to back but the difference is when you look at andrew luck when they drafted him, they drafted two tight ends, Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen Hyde. They also took T.Y. Hilton in that draft. Reggie Wayne was a holdover. They committed some uh, elite pieces or they committed some high picks to the offensive line, and then they traded to get Trent Richardson, even though he hasn't been the guy that we thought he was. He was a number one pick. So when you look at the number ones and the top picks playing on Andrew Luck's offense, we always give him the benefit. Like, oh, Andrew Luck is doing more with less but the draft says, the valuation says he has some talent around him. With Cam Newton, he's playing with undrafted free agents on the outside of the offensive tackle. He has Greg Olson, who they acquired in a trade, who's a first-round pick, who's good. Kelvin Benjamin is a first-round pick. Jericho the, Cotry is their number two. Uh, Jericho Cotry, he's Jason fine, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're okay. The running backs were good back in the day, Jonathan Stewart and mm-hmm. then D'Angelo Williams. But those guys have been available this year. I think we still expect him to be Superman, but we haven't given him enough to allow him to do heroic things from the backfield.
2: Yeah, I tip my towel. <laughs> um, all right, so you say the Saints are going to get that one. You know, I think that division now. I think about what they have coming up. The Saints, when they come out of the bye without Jimmy Graham, now. Ten brutal weeks await them. Two of them are Carolina Panther games. I think they've got, I mean, you know, the Saints better win at minimum one of those, and they'd be better off to sweep the series if they want to take this The out. only
4: reason I can lean with the Saints is because the Saints are so good at home. When they play in the Superdome, yep. they're, they're nearly unbeatable with Drew Brees. And I think because Drew Brees is really equipped to, like, kind of carry this offense on his own. I think they find a way to get it done. I'm not as confident in the Carolina Panthers' offense, particularly when they play against heavyweight teams, mm-hmm. being able to get it done. Love Cam newton Def. I just don't think they have enough firepower offensively to make it happen.
2: Yeah, but they did it. They went into Cincy and tied that game. It's a tie, though. Get... I know. Well are ready for spread. a tie. Well, it's a great defense that they went in there and put some points up against. All right, Dallas and Philly then. So are, do you, you have both those teams making it? <sighs>
4: Right now I do. I have have Dallas winning the division. I think Dallas is equipped to make a deep postseason run just based on how they're playing the game now. Can Jason Garrett continue to stick to the formula, which to me is run the football, ball control passing game, and lean on a defense that is playing better than anyone anticipated? When they do those things, having been in the game uh, yesterday against the Seattle Seahawks, they dominated the game from beginning to end. Without the exception of a couple miscues on special teams, they control the Seattle Seahawks at their environment. And that's scary because now they walk away with a ton of confidence. They play the Giants and some other people at home. I just kind of like what Dallas is doing. With Philly, Philly's been good. The defense has been up and down. Nick Foles has been a bit erratic. But the fact that they're 5-1 and one at this point without with all the inconsistency says a lot to what Chip Kelly has done in terms of putting together a team that's very balanced. I think they are vulnerable because they don't have a big play weapon on the outside. But – when Nick Foles plays efficiently and Shady McCoy is able to run, they can do it. they can score points on anybody.
2: Do you think, as a guy who's been a part of personnel decisions with organizations before, do you think Chip Kelly or anyone else in that organization in Philly is saying to themselves, "You say they they lack the home run hitter on the outside"? Do you think there are whispers, "Man, I know we're five and one, but we should have kept Deshaun Jackson"?
4: Well, I think probably from an attitude or character standpoint, they didn't like. Deshaun, the way it fit into the program, the fabric of the program, but from a skill set, they absolutely miss him on the outside, and I know they had a nice game against the Giants, a bounce back game, they were able to get the tight ends off Zach Erks, had a pretty big game on the outside, but when they play against these big teams, and from a defensive standpoint, the first thing you look for, who are the dangerous playmakers that can hurt us? Well, when I look at that offense, Shady McCoy is it Mm -hmm. he's the most explosive player that they have and so you're seeing more teams walk up in the box crowd the box and dare those receivers to win one-on-one and for the most part they haven't been able to win on their own clip chip kelly does a great job of scheming and maneuvering some things but when teams play man-to-man they have a tough time getting free and also you have a quarterback now that's a little shaky with the ball i want to say 10 turnovers leading the nfl in turnovers that's a lot. That's a lot to be worried about. Ooh,
2: that's a not exactly dynamic duo. Shady and shaky. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what, the, what Eagles fans have. So who's going to win that division then?
4: I think the Cowboys win the division. I think the, win. I think the Philadelphia Eagles. They should Eagles.
2: steamroll them. When, I mean, you know, listen, if the Cowboys can do that to the Seahawks defense, then what are they going to do against the Phillies? Well, I
4: mean, it doesn't mean they steamroll I don't think you can, can – compare games and say that just because this happened in one game you can have another game but I do believe with the Dallas Cowboys and the way they play they're problematic for everybody because the strength of their team is the offensive line the running back then you have Dez running on the outside when they make it a fist fight and force you to play in the phone booth it's tough for any team to match up and hold up
2: boy it's it, it is amazing and by the way all this playoff discussion we can have you can go more in depth with by visiting nfl.com playoff picture that's a, that's a promotion. I'm oh, that's a, a promotion. Pl- but let's pl- continue. So the Eagles get one playoff spot, right? They're going
4: to yeah, be the five seed. So I have the Eagles as a six seed. A
2: six seed. Wow. Yeah, you know, I, I, that smoke and mirrors thing, being five and one feels good and saying on one hand if your glass is half full – well, we haven't even hit our stride yet. Wait till we do. But on the other hand, you say, well, if the defense ain't scoring touchdowns, we lose a couple of those games. Yeah, they have
4: seven return touchdowns. That's a lot. They've getting a lot of contribution from other places. I wonder, you know, Darren Sproles is going to be out for a couple weeks. How are they able to sustain that offense as you start to have the war of attrition, injuries affected, or whatever? So I think they get in because I think Chip Kelly is a great – Schemer, He does a great job of figuring out how to maximize his personnel. I just don't know if they have the firepower to deal with the heavyweights in the conference.
2: Hmm. Well, I, before the season, said the Eagles are guaranteed to win that division, and uh, even I'm now doubting that one. How about out west, you have Seattle you have the Niners and here come those Cardinals they're looking down on those two teams
4: you know it's tough because I, I like Seattle I still believe Seattle had a hiccup I think the Dallas game is a wake up call for them they have to be ready to take on everyone's best shot and for whatever reason they had a short week coming back from Washington playing on Monday night they didn't have the same energy that I'm used to seeing particularly when they play at home uh, and Dallas whooped them up front Dallas did a good job of grinding the football at them and they overwhelmed them I still believe they're the best team in the division I think they had to championship swagger. I think that's enough to allow them to retain their hold on the title. I think they win a the division followed by the Here Arizona
2: Oh, the I Arizona was going to ask for a drum roll, but you yeah. couldn't wait. Couldn't. The Cardinals get the five seed.
4: I think the Cardinals. The Cardinals' defense is playing really, really well, and the Cardinals' defense will continue to improve. You talk about Tyron Matthew finding his stride, Patrick Peterson and Antonio Camardi being able to lock down on the outside. Ty Bowles is doing a great job of scheming and doing some things to mask the uh, – unavailability of you know Darnell Dockin, yep. losing Darrell Washington, not having Carlos Dansby, but this defense is continued to play on
2: the shelf on light, lights yep. out.
4: And so I like Arizona. Arizona gets the nod over San Francisco. I mean, obviously the 49ers is as talented as any team. They will get Alden Smith back. They'll get Navarro Bowman back. I'm just not fully confident and convinced that they're going to play the right way for them to win games. Playing the right way is Frank Gore touching the ball 20 more times, allowing him to get 100-yard games, and then using Colin Kaepernick as a complementary player instead of the driving force of the offense. When they do that, they're tough to beat. But they've shown a propensity to go in the other direction and try and allow Colin Kaepernick to do all of the heavy lifting.
2: Why is it, do you suppose, I mean, you know, the Seahawks, are they – are they ready to be had, though, by a team like the Seahawks? I mean, by, by the Niners, when you watch the Cowboys gash them the way they just did on the ground, to the 49ers then say, does the coaching staff and so on get together and say, listen, they've just given us the blueprint. This is what you do. This team is not as dominant against the run anymore.
4: Well, the two teams that have beaten the Seattle Seahawks both ran the same pretty much blueprint you talk about the San Diego Chargers they committed to running the ball they made sure that they got the rushing attempt total over 30. Uh, Phillip Rivers did a great job of taking dump offs and check downs did a great job of staying in manageable situations converted on some third and shorts that allowed them to retain possession I want to say they had over 42 minutes of time of possession in that battle Mm -hmm. Dallas did similar things ran the ball a lot maintain their discipline running the football despite the score being whatever the score was. Tony Romo did a great job on third and long. They ran the receivers down the field, leaked the back out, dumped it to him, and those guys were able to get first downs. Because of the way the Seahawks play defensively in zone, they do a great job of taking away those deeper throws, and they're willing to say that you're not patient enough to take the check down, to dink and dunk the ball down the field without turning it over. The Cowboys and the Chargers did it successfully. We will see if other teams can do it, but I believe regardless of what their defense did, Seattle also has to play the right way, much like I talk about the 49ers revolving their offense around the running game and Frank Gore. When Seattle gets cute and they try to do too many things with Russell Wilson, zone read, cute misdirection plays, bootleg stuff where he's kind of the driving force of the offense, they get away from what the formula is. Run Marshawn Lynch, make defenses force him, you know, put extra defenders in the box, then attack them with Percy Harvin. Something the going on
2: game. there, though. I was talking with our new pal, our new NFL media colleague, Nate Burleson, who knows a thing or two about uh, Seattle, of course, living up there. He feels that there is some discord between the organization and Marshawn Lynch. It makes sense. The out; they don't meet his demands. It certainly seems as though the world knows, surely Marshawn Lynch knows, it, that this is his last year in Seattle in all likelihood. Is that, or is that rift going – do you sense that there is one, first of all?
4: Well, I mean, I think I- – Obviously, when you have Marshawn Lynch, he wanted more money. They addressed the contract situation in the preseason. He comes back to camp. I think sometimes what you have is you always have what I call offensive coordinators who aspire aspire to be in the top seat. And so the way that an offensive coordinator can get to the to the top seat is to be really creative, to look good, to have a, a dazzling offense that had all the bills. This and is one of your favorite
2: tenants, and it's that, really true
4: that you commands the attention of ownership. And so maybe you have an offensive coordinator who sees Russell Wilson coming off the Monday night game where he rushed for 122 mm-hmm. yards. He was a conversation all week. He's an MVP candidate. Look at him. He's new age quarterback. Look at what the league is doing. It's evolving to a dual threat thing. So he's like, let me showcase. Russell Wilson and show people how creative I am sometimes it backfires Their formula, their blueprint is to play old-school football. Run the ball with Marshawn Lynch 20-plus times. Allow Russell Wilson to make plays with his feet and arm on the outside. Use Percy Harvin to control what they do defensively. If they put eight in the box, take shots to him down the field. If they want to take him away, allow Marshawn to to run. When they get away from that simple formula, that's when the Seattle Seahawks get in trouble.
2: All right, so let's round it out here, Buck. You've given us number six seed Eagles, five seed Cardinals. You have Dallas
4: New Orleans and Seattle. New Orleans Seattle. and Seattle. And then, here
2: we go. Here we go. NFC North. I know who it's got to be. Number 12, the best player in the game now. And the, Green Bay, I, the
4: Green Bay Packers, but it. I don't think I don't think this is going to be easy for them. I think the Detroit Lions are a legitimate contender in that division. They play great defense. I think yeah, the new defensive come coordinator from? Terrell Austin, he worked with me in Seattle. He's a defensive back coach uh, under Ray Rhodes. He's continued to go on and work on his craft. He was in Arizona for a while, was in Baltimore, was a Mm -hmm. defense coordinator at the University of Florida. This defense plays legs out. They're doing a great job of keeping the ball in front. They have a talented front line that's getting after the pass. He's mixing in some blisses. They're challenging people. I just don't know if they can do it enough. I I keep expecting Matt Stafford to come back to the pack to have one of those wild turnover games and that might be the deciding factor between the Detroit lions and the green Bay Packers going to the playoffs. I think both of those teams are in contention all the way to the end. I think green Bay, just because I have the confidence in Aaron Rodgers over Matthew Stafford. That's why I give them. the nod. I
2: mean, listen, maybe in Dominican Sue and Ziggy Ansah, turn it on a little bit was some of the talk in the summertime, but who would have thought, yeah, the lions. Yeah. They're all defense. Yeah. I mean, their offense has to get going here. Who could have possibly foreseen this coming down the pike?
4: Here? Well, I don't think anybody could, could foresee it, but you know, Jim Caldwell's a good coach. Um, Kind of got the short end of the stick at the end of his tenure in Indianapolis, but he understands how to win games, how to win for the long haul. You have to have a solid defense in place. You got to be able to run it. You need to have a quarterback that manages the game. When they have those pieces working, they're as tough as anybody in the league. All
2: right, but they're not in the postseason. Seed them for me. Who's your number one seed?
4: Number one seed. Man, I, I, I can't fall on the Dallas bandwagon. I still believe Seattle will be the number one seed. I would go with Dallas at number two, Green Bay at three, New Orleans at four, Arizona five. And then we have, what, Philly at six.
2: Ooh, interesting, Buck. I agree. Philly's going to win the division. By hook or by crook, they're going to somehow get in there and uh, and steal that division. But fascinating stuff from you, Buck. Is this the year of the defensive coordinator? I mean, it really – because Marinelli doing wonders, like you say, Todd He's doing Bowles a great job. Without, uh, the Arizona Cardinals defense is good if you have the pieces from 2013, but they don't. They don't have a lot of those stars, and yet they're still dominating. And you talk about uh, what they're doing up there in Detroit. We talk
4: so much about quarterbacks and being a quarterback-driven league, but really it's about the quarterback that plays with the best defense and complementary pieces. Mm -hmm. Having a solid defense gives you an opportunity to go far. We're seeing these defense coordinators come up with masterful schemes to put themselves in positions to not only put their team in the playoffs, but to eventually get head jobs.
2: All right, excellent stuff as always. Follow him at Bucky Brooks and uh, look for his work on NFL.com, covering the college football game, of course, his great podcast with Matt Money. Smith and Daniel Jeremiah available at, uh, at, uh, on iTunes and at NFL.com. College football 24-7. Blow through them real quick before you walk out the door to go do your uh, NFL four Now stuff. You're, who's in the Final Four right now? Final College Four, football. Mississippi State, okay,
4: Florida State, Ole Miss, and I would put Baylor in there for, it, but they're hanging on by a thread. I know what a
2: crazy score that was against TCU. That's not right. Both those Mississippi teams aren't going to the Final Four. Right now, this is where we are. Right, right now, I was, I, I was, right now, I was gushing about you, Buck, and now I have to show you the door right for now. that silly answer. Not now. We're not right now. Care that's what we're about talking now. about now. Right now, that's I where we are about right now. That, but, Go do your now stuff. Speaking of now, now Mississippi two Mississippi teams go into the final four, please. Boy, that's that's really what they had in mind when they when they uh, finally decided, yes, let's do this final four. Everybody wants it. Ole Miss and Mississippi <laughs> <State>. <laughs> and Baylor, if you're right about that. <laughs> Underwhelming. All right, excellent stuff, Buck. David, there he goes. I just uh, Listen, there's no way both Mississippi teams are going into the Final Four. Um, it's going to be at least one SEC team, but now the Pac-12. I think Oregon, if they just win out, they'll go. Florida State's not going to lose again, and I guess Baylor does make sense there, although that uh, – Defense isn't terribly impressive if they're giving up 59 points to TCU. But anyway, all right, Black Tie. Before let's we get head out, to though,
3: I gotta I gotta give you some uh, injury news here. Give you a quick take on this. So apparently, I'm reading the site right now. Calvin Johnson could be held out until week ten.
2: Yikes! Oof, well, they it. said uh, you know they said that, uh, or he said that he rushed back. So this time he wanted to make sure he took care of it. But by week ten. Oof. I don't, know, I don't have their schedule uh, in front of me here, if they can hang on there. But as we just heard from um, from Bucky there, they're not going to make the playoffs anyway. But, uh, yeah, that's grim stuff if they don't have that. But they have the, a
3: bye week in week nine, so that helps. So week seven against the Saints at home, then they go to the Georgia wow. Dome.
2: Wow, imagine that. So you don't have – we talk all the time about the Jenga pieces, which is that, the, you get, that if you take away the wrong piece or the right piece – Uh, from the Jenga game that is a pro football team, the entire thing can implode. And the guys, the two offensive players, non-QBs, we always cite, Jimmy Graham of the Saints, Calvin Johnson of the Lions, those two teams are going to play each other, and both those pieces will be out then.
3: Yep, yep. And then week eight at the Falcons, week nine's a bye, come back in week 10 against the Dolphins. So, not good.
2: I think that Saints game is massive for both of those teams. That is a huge one. That's the game of the week in terms of importance, I would say. Um, well, I don't have the whole schedule in front of me to, to make that. Last thing, Black Tie, Penelope Cruz, Esquire's sexiest woman alive. I'm a fan. Really? Yeah. She's made babies with uh, the guy who – or at least one, I think, with um, you know the bad guy from uh, No Country for Old Men.
3: Well, you know, as of course, you know I've seen that, which I haven't. But no, I'm a fan. She's
2: great. Wait a second, you haven't seen No Country for Old we've Men? We've done
3: this before. Yeah, we've played. That oh, game we did before. do
2: Coen Brothers. Yeah. I don't know. Understand what part of that list uh, that your things that make something a non uh, a movie you won't see. I just not haven't Tom gotten Cru- to it. Doesn't have Tom Cruise in it. Oh well, yeah. It's not a sports movie. Yeah. It's not a sci-fi movie. Well, I like sci-fi, some sci-fi depends on. It, depends on it which. Doesn't have Mel Gibson in it. It w- it was released after nineteen ninety seven. What? Why wouldn't you have seen this Academy Award winning picture?
3: Just can't get to all of them. One last thing though before we you'll head love out.
2: that one. All right, speaking of injuries, it, but it, the answer is it, that's incorrect. Although now that I've heard she's pregnant, I don't know. But um, my favorite Hollywood lady over the last couple of years has been I can't think of her name, but it was that it was uh, she was on the TV show Blake Lively. Blake is good. Blake is top five. What a woman.
3: I don't think she's higher than Scarlett Johansson, though. Or Johansson. Oh, she
2: is. She is. She is better. She's superior no. to Car- yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Top
3: five. Lastly, before we leave, the NBA season is getting started. Ooh. And remember, during the offseason, we both hit on the two biggest topics. I called the Spurs in five. Right. You called LeBron back to Cleveland with Kevin Love, by the way. Mm-hmm. So. And then uh,
2: we're well, we, we're not football we're we're football obsessed, but we're sports obsessed is what's more important. Great, agreed. We know it all.
3: But yeah, uh, Kevin Durant, he's out for six to eight weeks. And my take on this is, I know everyone's sad, but it's just six to eight weeks. It's like the first three weeks of the season. That's right. It'll be fine. I'm excited because this is going to be the closest thing we've ever seen to Allen Iverson, Russell Westbrook yep. on a team by himself. It's a great call. He might go for thirty five every night. He might only shoot forty percent from the field, but
2: but you say it's not a big deal but it would be a big deal to OKC's long-term prospects if Russell I mean because a lot of people have talked about that that Russell Westbrook I don't know if it'd be the Lakers or where it would be but you know the the notion that Kevin Durant might go back home to DC and go and and make like LeBron and Russell will uh, Russell Westbrook might want to go to LA and go home but either way if he loves it if he loves not being deferential, then uh, the, yeah, it might then yeah, that could cause term, the whole that thing might, to it blow might be up. A
3: chemistry issue, I agree. But I, this is a fan. I would love to see who
2: I, that is going to be a fun thing to look at. I, I don't want to give my NBA predictions just now. Who can we get to kibitz some NBA with here? Could just be you. We should, you know, we should get Steve Smith. That's right. We Steve, Steve Smith, Smith Sr., he likes talking NBA ball. He's a Hoops guy. You Nate know Burleson who else is? is a hoops guy as well? Nate Burleson, yep. LaDainian Tomlinson. That's he correct. loves his NBA, and he knows the NBA really well. Let's chase LT. Let's do it. All right, let's try to get him and do a, a good, you know, 15, 20 minutes uh, on the NBA before things tip off there. All right, well, listen, good fun. Thanks to Bucky Brooks. Thanks to Black Tie. We'll be back later in the week with our Red Challenge flag pick segment. Elliot Harrison Henry Hodgson, the handsome one, will be along for that one. And uh, like I say, check Report available for you on Tuesday night. Like I say, again, back later in the week. Meantime, thanks so much, football fans, especially you Steelers fans. Try to keep your up. It's been a thing
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring –
1: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin.